Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you're able to take a moment to just be present, to breathe, and know that there is so much beauty inside you as well as around you. It's just a matter of taking the time to look. Um, And so today, I have a very special guest. She is um, a woman I met recently, but I feel that we made a connection right away. She is um, a coach and she loves to work with people on finding their intuitive voice. And so I would like to welcome to the show, Miss Dana Evans. Yay! Hello, hello. So happy, happy, happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much for joining me. Um, And so as uh, I open every episode, we turn to the gift by Hafez. We flip through the pages for a random poem. And this one is called, I Saw Two Birds. I saw two birds. Both of our mouths can fit upon this flute I carry. My music will sound so much sweeter that way. With your breath and my breath, poking each other in the ribs and kissing. I saw two birds on a limb this morning, laughing with the sun. They reminded me of how we will one day exist. My dear, keep thinking about God, keep thinking about the beloved, and soon our nest will be the whole firmament. Forget about all your desires for truth. We have gone far beyond that. For now, it is just pure need. Both our hearts are meant to sing. Both our souls are destined to touch and kiss upon this holy flute God carries. Hmm. I love that. And so, my friend, what stands out for you in this poem? It could be an image. It could be a thought. What are you feeling right now? I picked up just the duality of Mm -hmm. life. And, you know, they're speaking of two people, both hearts meant to sing, both souls meant to touch. And the beauty of that is it can be taken as two separate people or two parts of yourself and the different Mm -hmm. sides of yourself that you're trying to merge and bring together. And that's really how I've received that. And it's quite beautiful. I love that you um, shifted that initial reading, because I think most people would think of it as two separate people. Um, And I love how you shifted it into, it could be you, just two different versions of you coming together into into one place. Um, and so that makes me think about like, what could those two things be? Could it be the, 
you know, I imagine like the devil on this one shoulder and the angel on the other. And it's like, all right, let's have a peace treaty in this flute. <laughs> yeah, the devil and the angel. We have, um, as I talk a lot about the inner voice and the ego. And then the first thing actually that came to me is earth and sky. So we're separated, you know, as individuals. It's easy for us to kind of get either overly lifted and too much sky and we kind of float away and we're not really grounded and we have ideas but we can't implement them we have thoughts but like they we don't see them to fruition and then also we can be too grounded where we get a little depressed we get sluggish we get um we lose our ability to be flexible and move and sway with the earth so earth and sky right we merge the two and we need to find that synchronicity in between so that we can be more complete and more at ease so i mean there's so many analogies for that but it's really finding the balance of self that's how i see it yeah and i really i really love that because it's not often that we think about sky and earth coming together because from our physical place on the planet right our feet are on the ground and the sky feels really, really far away. And so it's not, at least for me, I don't often think about like, where does the sky meet the earth? And it's, it's always the horizon, like visually, but can we be in that place and occupy that place of, of both, um, both on a literal physical level, but also on, on a more subtle level. Um, I don't know. I love that. I love that you're you're bringing both elements in, and I'm I'm wondering um, to kind of connect it to the work that you do. Um, how one can be both in balance with the ego and the inner voice. Like if we think about, I mean, I this is just me projecting on, you know, all the things. I think of ego. If we use the sky and the earth analogy that the ego is the more grounded thing the more material thing and that the inner voice is is this higher more intangible presence and so um and so if you could talk a little bit about how to work towards that kind of balance and why it's necessary even to do that because sometimes you know a lot of spiritual practices you know i'm thinking specifically of this misconception with buddhism how um there's this impression that we have to kill the ego, right? Like the ego is bad or whatever. Um, but here you're you're saying that there there's a balance that can happen. And so why is that important um, at all? Yeah, well, first of all, as, as humans, if we do kill the ego, we're no longer human <laughs> in this human form. And so my belief and the way I live is is not to make that bad it's just another part of self and i actually i tend to speak about it as the mind we all have an inner voice and inner knowing the we need our minds right but our minds are also the things that can exhaust us like how many times have people said oh i overthink this right i overthink it i'm making things harder than that needs to be i'm you know i'm efforting i'm I'm thinking so much that I don't do. And so much of that, that comes from the mind. Well, that's okay. I, tr I treat the mind as it's necessary and it also needs to be managed and also managed with compassion. And mm -hmm. I, I like to talk about our minds as like 
a high school girl <laughs> with lots of drama <laughs> or like a toddler. So anytime we're going into that space where we're overthinking, we're overreacting, and we're feeling a little out of control, the mind is kind of taking over. And what you can do is we just say, hey, mind, I know that you're trying to protect me, right? The mind, its job is to think things through. Its job is to keep us safe. Its job is to protect us from the dangers that it sees, which is, by the way, anything that is new (laughs) equals danger to the mind. So all of that, what happens is many of us, I would argue most of us, at least currently, I mean, we're definitely going through a shift and an awakening of consciousness, but many of us are live from the mind and we think that our thoughts are truth and absolute and the way it is because we're so identified with the mind and that becomes kind of the ego, right? Our ego is we're self-identifying with our thoughts, with our mind and that's fine. But what I have introduced into this world through, you know, my work and my trainings and everything I've learned is that we also have another part of us, which is I'm calling it the inner voice. You may call it your soul or your higher self. Honestly, it doesn't matter what you call it, but (laughs) I specifically want you to understand that this inner knowing, this part of yourself is as powerful, well, frankly, more powerful, but it's as prominent and as available as the mind. And then you become kind of the observer. So you, right, your essence, right, the essence of Leslie Ann can choose, do I want to hear from my mind or do I want to hear from my inner voice? Mm. And we've just been raised in this society. It's a very mind-heavy society. We've been trained to trust the mind and to trust that, which is, by the way, like 5% of our actual mind activity is 95% is subconscious. So only even 5% of that is conscious. And we're trained to trust that over this greater pool of knowing with a capital K that is within us. And we're trained to not trust our guts. We're trained to doubt our instincts. We're trained to just push through even though something feels off. And that is what society has kind of taught us to this point and it's served us. But now we get to start to question that. And so that's where this kind of work comes in of we're mind heavy and we want to open ourselves up to the inner voice, but we don't trust that. Why? Because the minds have told us that we can't trust anything except the mind. So it's this whole transition to this other source of wisdom, of knowledge within self that I'm trying to open people up to and get people to understand and to practice. And it's kind of scary for people, but that's why when I speak about it is I want to bring so much compassion because We have to ease the mind into this transition and ease ourselves into trusting ourselves again. And you can't do that if you're like here to like eradicate the mind, right? Right. Kill the ego, because then it's going to get scared and then it's going to fight back even stronger than before. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? You said a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to interrupt and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, no, no, no. Just listen, just listen. Um, But what one thing that I wanted to highlight that I, I really like for me was a um, like a there was like a click of a light bulb was and these are and these are concepts that I'm familiar with but I think it's the way in which you presented it was you know you've got the the mind on one on you know one hand and you've got the the inner voice on the other and then you the essence are the thing overlooking both of them 
And so I like I like that because it already, in my mind, creates a sense of balance where I know with other traditions and other ways of learning about awareness and mindfulness and things, it's this invitation to step back and be the observer of your thoughts. But the the part about the the inner voice and that that inner knowing isn't really talked about. So I really appreciate you bringing that more to the forefront. Um, and I and I also just you know personally like seeing like myself as like ha 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 I'm I'm looking over both of parts of of my existence and being able to decide um, you know which one I want to connect with. Um, or maybe connecting with both and creating that that kind of balance. Um, but there was something else that you said that I that a, a question popped into my head was that society is very mind heavy, and and you said something along the lines of and that served us. And I, I wanted to see if you could speak to that a little bit more because I'm thinking like if we look at the trajectory of of humankind from like caveman up until now you know caveman we know about the reptilian brain keeping us safe you know survival mode we don't want to get eaten by animals and then where does the shift happen towards this more mind heavy society which now has brought us to this place we're at at this point in history where now there's a shift towards more awareness, more consciousness, more leaning towards that that inner knowing? Well, I guess I can't speak to it scientifically from that standpoint. My instinct, what I feel is that so much of what has happened up to this point was it was important to get systems and structures in place, right? We had you know, so much development of science, right? And so many minds created so many very mindy things, right? Which yeah. is systems and structures and order. That's that's what the mind is really good at and planning and preparation and, you know, taking action from that place. So, I mean, I feel like we kind of had to get that in place first so that with those systems in place, we could kind of start evolving. Now, I also believe that we've been evolving, but the mind itself hasn't quite caught up, right? So a lot of people are having these experiences of, you know, insights and intuition and these very, as it's basically labeled, spiritual experiences, but the minds are still not buying into that. They're like, well, we're not, you know, we'll see if science can prove that. (laughs) And, you know, that's, Right, exactly. It's like by the time science gets around to proving this, like we're going to be on to the next thing. And so whereas in so many ways, science is innovative in many ways, especially when it comes to this, like this unknown, right? It is such an unknown and that the minds hate the unknown. Science hates unknown. I mean, it's literally there to create known. And it's a very challenging thing for people to trust, Right. To open up and trust that there's something bigger without knowing what that is. And that's I mean, that's kind of where I'm seeing that transition is people are starting to be like, well, you're hearing more people are speaking out. You're hearing more stories and you're starting to see your own experiences and maybe you're not writing them off so quickly. So this little evolution, it's like baby steps. It's like we're, um, you know, as a humankind, it's like we are moving more toward our adolescence. Like we've been in the toddler phase and now we're moving toward adolescence where there's like growing pains and like our voices are cracking and there's all this discomfort going on. 
but ultimately it's going to lead to a really beautiful evolution if if we're willing if we allow it and that's a choice of each individual yeah and I think I think that's that's the key because I know that there's a lot of conversations um you know, in the communities that we're part of, and I don't, I don't, maybe some during, like in mainstream circles, mainstream media circles, where, you know, there's this talk of this awakening of this, you know, growth in awareness and consciousness, but, um, but the choice is there. And I think a lot of people are, are like either pushing that to the side or forgetting that, you know, because I know that there are some people, um, I know who are who are not part of what they what and I love how you're like what they're calling spiritual, <laughs> you know, are not part of that um, that community. And then they're kind of like, you know, the world is ending. Like, what the heck's going on? You know, like all sort of uncomfortable, but not um, seeing that they have choice in in how to how to process or interact with what's happening. So I wanted to see if there was something um, you could speak to about how those folks can adapt or, you know, shift or choose or not choose, you know, I just, I don't know, I just want to get your thoughts on, on like the people that are not inside our very small insular community of, you know, we got it all. I mean, we don't, but (laughs) We're a little more aware. So the general public doesn't seem to be, I don't know, they're more stuck in the 3D stuff. So, Well, and, you know, it's like we don't know what we don't know. So the those who are really stuck in 3D, it's because they haven't been exposed elsewhere. And if you're, if you're only consuming mainstream media, and, you know, and reading the papers and only interacting with people who are also in that realm, it's like, well, you're kind of, you're, you are where you are. So what I see, first of all, the cool thing, let me just like backtrack a moment when we're talking about this inner voice is if in a way, I love it because it kind of takes some of the big spirituality out of it and it brings people back to themselves because one of the issues that I see is the biggest issues we all face, like whether you're super aware and you're super, you know, moving toward enlightenment and whatever, or you're just like living everyday life, you know, going to your job, living your life, not really thinking beyond what's in front of you, is we spend so much time looking outside for answers. And it's a big thing in the spiritual community. Like, we've got gurus, we've got experts, we've got all the people that we look to, like, I want to be like you, I want to learn from you, I want to do this. And it serves a purpose to a point, But ultimately, what all of that is doing, whether you're Joe Schmo, you know, working at the coffee shop and, you know, you're listening to Gary Vee or, you know, you're listening to the mainstream news for your answers, right, for what you should do, for what's right and wrong for you. Or if you're somewhere like super in the spiritual community and you're looking to yoga gurus to answer all your questions and tell you what's wrong with you or you're looking to personality tests. To be like, well, that's why this is wrong with me, right? We are so trained to look outward. Mm. We are so trained that we need help fixing ourselves from the outside in. And that, to me, is the biggest problem we all face. Because that's only going to help you maybe, like, direct you toward the right path. 
but ultimately you're the only one who can truly know like you're the only one who can truly experience what's right for you and so the inner voice work going inward for the answers is the thing people people will pay anything they want me to tell them the answers right right (laughs) you just tell me and I'm like I can tell you you know I'm pretty perceptive I can guide people pretty easily but it's going to be so much more effective if you figure that out and not even from the mind, like that's effective on its own. Like that's the more direct coaching. You know, I'm trained in that coaching style, the mind coaching, that's really effective. But then if you take it a step further and you put the mind aside and you go inward and you feel and you intuit the answer, then you're really tapping into your own sovereignty as a being. And you are able to connect to that And then when you act from that place, it's very hard to stop you because you're calm, right? You've tuned in word first. You're confident in what you're doing because you're so connected. So when you're connected, any action you take becomes so much more empowered because Mm. you know that that's coming from your own inner knowing and not from what you should do, what's expected of you what you're doing to please other people. So when it comes to like, you know, how you react or not, my first thing is always pause and check in. Like yeah. check in with yourself. Is this mine? Is this something I personally need to stress about? Is this something that, is there something I can do about this directly? And if not, then how can I shift my response to what's going on so that it doesn't harm me? Because we know that like when we're reacting and like panicking and freaking out about something that may or may not affect you directly, you're the only one suffering. And then when you're in that place of suffering, right, basically that means you're in contrast with your inner knowing because it's always peaceful and happy and it will direct you toward that as well. And when we're in pain, frustration, anxiety, all those feelings, it means we're in conflict with that inner knowing. And the best way to get back into alignment is to check in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, so two things came to mind was one was a recent um, Facebook story that you had about testing your inner voice between like beer and, <laughs> and drinking something like which beer do I want to drink? <laughs> I love that. I was like, you know, because you're right, it, it because we we've been raised in a mind heavy environment. It, it's a skill to to practice listening to that inner voice even though the inner voice has been there this whole time you know we've all forgotten how to use it it's like this muscle that we're like oh I didn't know I had a muscle there you know so I'd love that your invitation to like test it out on small things like which brand of beer do I want do I want IPA or do I want like an amber I don't know um I love that so that that um that was a really great reminder for me in thinking about you have the power to choose Right. Because often we just like you said, you know, people just want the answer, forgetting that we have the power to actually know that we already know the answer. Um, so I, I really um, appreciated that. And then there was something else. And it was so funny while you were talking. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to remember it. Am I going to lose it? I don't know. <laughs> but um, but I was I was thinking about, oh, the external, how we were how you were saying we tend to look outward for answers, for affirmation, for confirmation that like we're doing the right thing or we're on the right path or whatever it is. And um, 
and I, I thought that was that was funny because what popped up in my head was how people are like, I'm waiting for a sign. You know, like I want some some sign, like maybe a big neon sign that says, yes, you're going in the right direction, you know, instead of going within and saying, all right, you know, do I feel icky about taking a step towards the left or do I feel like more at ease if I take a step to the right? Um, and so it sounds to me that the inner voice can can be connected with or tapped into through the body. Yes, 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 yes. So um, first of all, yeah, when it comes to testing it, yeah, my recommendation is always to start small and to just kind of feel into it. Because here's the other thing is with the with being trained to go from the mind first is a lot of people are, are very disconnected from their bodies and what they're actually feeling. So before I did this work, um, I was a yoga instructor and I, I learned a whole bunch about our bodies and you know, the chakras and all the different energy systems. And, you know, even the specific alignment I taught was controversial at first. (laughs) New alignment, right? It's like new technology. And it went against a lot of the traditional yoga um, teachings. But what I learned through it is that, you know, we were really practicing at opening a lot of these centers, which is the throat, the belly, and the um, pelvic floor. Mm. which are all places that we tend to close down on. So we tuck our chin, we, you know, we shorten our belly, we close our pelvic floor. And all of that actually shuts down the nervous system so you don't feel as much. So Mm. literally in this society, we are not just energetically not as connected, but we're physically not feeling as much. I mean, think about the average person walking down the street holding their phone Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, their their tail is tucked, which, yeah. of course, has been a cue in <laughs> yoga, but, like, their tail is tucked. The belly, in order to get abs, what are we supposed to do? I'm using air quotes. Short yeah. and tight. Okay, so the belly is short and tight, and then the chin is forward and down because we're looking at our phones. And yeah. that is shutting down the nervous system, so we're not feeling. Ooh. Okay? Right? And so then... Right, you start opening this, and this is in the alignment. I mean, people would get nauseous, they'd get dizzy, they'd like have very strong energetic and physical experiences afterward. And it's like you're opening yourself yourself up to a whole new sensation within the body. Then, yeah. when you connect that to like this inner knowing, this um, this inner voice that you have, it's like you almost first have to start to defrost physically. So Mm -hmm. that you can experience it energetically because energetic work is the subtle work. I mean, it's, it's like the difference between like massage, physical massage and Reiki. And, you know, it's like, I I don't know, you know, it's not, you can't necessarily experience that right off the bat. Some people can, but it's like, we have to kind of ease ourselves into that, that experience. And so testing the waters, it's like, like you said, it was a great analogy is the muscles. Like we just have. Oh, and I'm like, I know you don't because the mind is the one that wants to know. Yeah. And we're listening not from the mind, but we're listening from within, from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when you do that, your body tends to either relax or tighten, you know, no matter what it is. Like it, it could be subtle. It could be like your shoulders suddenly crunch up to your ears or, you know, like when people get butterflies in their stomach before they go on stage, for example. I mean, that's a sign. And we all, 
tend to just like brush that aside. You know, if like someone's feeling nervous about going on stage, oh, that's normal. You know, instead of seeing it as, hey, here's a message from your body and possibly your your inner knowing that this is a moment of discomfort that can either grow you or, you know, diminish you because depending on who you are as a person, maybe you're going to panic and then you'll be traumatized from like, you know, a stage experience. Um, so there's a lot of discernment that needs to, that needs to happen with these messages that are fed to us. Yeah. The discernment is so good because yeah, your experience, the way you're, um, you know, being communicated to from that inner knowing is going to be different than someone else's. And only you can really test that and start to find out like, what does this mean? And it's funny that you brought that up because one of the things that I've been, I've kind of, it's like, I've kind of put this together from all this information that I've kind of consumed and experienced, but I believe there's five types of inner voices and that, yes. And that your inner voice, because we talk about intuition a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Your inner voice speaks to you through your intuition. Mm. So it's more than your intuition. And intuition to me is just the surface level. It's funny because I actually am recording a podcast about this for this week's episode. But it's, it's just such a fun conversation. And then there's five primary ways that your inner voice actually speaks to you. So when you discover your inner voice type, then you actually are going to have a lot more clarity on when your inner voice is speaking to you and what it's actually communicating. And I think that's a really important distinction. We all have access to all of the different types. You know, like you said, you might have flutters or chills or sensations. Um, That's one of the types. But knowing, getting to know your own inner voice and just starting to pay attention, like, oh, I do get chills. I've never considered that that meant anything, right? I get goosebumps. I didn't know. You know, I get flutters. I didn't I didn't connect that to mean anything besides the mental label I put on it, which equals I'm nervous. Right. And so as you get to play with that and you get to learn your type and really discover that, then you just get to play that game of like checking in with yourself and and we can make it fun. Right. I, I it's like this work is people get really nervous. I'm like, you know, what? our inner voices tend to be really like light and giggly and a little bit childlike. I, I do these. Uh, sessions where um, it's a two-hour session where I actually take people out of the mind and Mm -hmm. I basically bring them into a receptive state where I interview their inner voice for two hours on all of the topics that the minds love to talk about relationships money business you know job what should you be doing career like where you should live and we have I have this conversation to the inner voice Mm. and It's so powerful because, and when you get the mind out of the way, it doesn't have to interpret the sensation because you're just living from the place of the inner voice. And it just totally shifts their perspective because it's, again, it's that you're reminded like, oh, this is always with me. It is always trying to communicate with me. And I always ask the inner voice, how do you prefer to communicate? Like, how do you communicate with Leslie Ann inner voice? And it will tell us. And it also reminds you, like, you always have that alternate perspective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love and then, then that comes back to the whole idea of the balance between the mind and the inner voice, because we already know what the mind is, you know, thinking and the mind's labels and opinions and stuff. That's yelling but, at us all the time. Right. 
very loud. <laughs> but if you but if the inner voice is is given the the airtime, so to speak, to um to say here's another perspective, then us as the essence looking at both can say, oh, all right, let's let's make sense of this information and and move forward having more of a holistic picture than just the mind. Yeah, it's I've, empowering. Yeah, and that's and that I think is um, is a key element that we don't feel with the mind. You know, we always feel like we're the slaves to the mind. The mind's like, I gotta go to Shoprite, you know, and get some almond milk or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I'm meditating, but I'm thinking about my grocery list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the mind wants to, you know, it wants everything to be right. It wants to check in. I mean, that was one of the big things is people like, oh, I, I'm, you know, I can't meditate because I have too many thoughts. And I'm like, no, that's not the point. The point isn't to, just like the point isn't to eradicate the ego. The point isn't to stop the thoughts. It's just to, you have to, to meditate is to sit until the thoughts settle. The reason you have so many thoughts, my friends, <laughs> is because you never let them out. You go all day, you're anxious, you're busy, you're keeping all of your thoughts at bay because you don't want to deal with them. And you're put, it's like um, a beach ball in the pool. You're trying to hold it down all day and then you sit down with space to meditate and they all come exploding up. <laughs> and so, I mean, the point to meditate is you just give yourself more space so the thoughts can come up regularly so that they're not like, you know, a volcano. And then, you know, the inner voice is you start to shift the way you're conversating is you're the thinker of your thoughts, right? You are not your thoughts. You're the thinker of your thoughts. And you can also, that, but that's only one part of it, right? That's still yeah. a mind part. That's still a mind conversation. You are the thinker of your thoughts. You can choose thoughts. This is like cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Great, super effective. But then we can go deeper, go further, go down, mm -hmm. go in. And then it's not a thinking, it's a knowing. And you ask from within. And yeah. that totally shifts what you receive. And guess what? It also shifts your sensations in your body. So you go from feeling anxious, high beta, that would be your brain wavelength, to like a theta, really slow, smooth brain waves. And the people, when we do these inner voice sessions, even when I just do like my check-ins, um, you know, for a few moments, you feel so much more calm. And then the people who do these two hour sessions, I mean, that will last you like a day or more of just feeling this stillness and this peace that you didn't think was possible because you were thinking about it. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, and I think, I think, I think right. um, we can start catching ourselves. It's true. It's, it's everywhere. I think, but that's great. I think that I feel, no, I, I, what I'm sensing is that just, generally speaking, um, given the pandemic, given like the whole social uprising, the quarantine, all the all the things that are happening right now is the way I'm seeing it is this invitation to stop, to be still, to take a breath and to like check in at gradual levels of going deeper, you know, because um, most people, not all people, you know, I know we have our essential 
employees and workers and stuff, but most people are staying put. And, um, and they're like, all right, what do I do? You know, do I binge on Netflix or do I sit with myself? I mean, it depends on how daring you are, right? <laughs> Depending on where you're at. Yeah. But, um, but it, it does feel like an invitation to, to slow down and to allow for the inner voice to start surfacing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, the other thing that I think, I do think this, that we we overthink what it means to be with ourselves. Mm. And it's like this idea that in order to be spiritual, right, I want to be more spiritual, I want to tap in more, that it's this whole thing, right? right? It's this whole concept of, well, then I'm going to need to carve out meditation, you know, 20 minutes, twice a day, I have to do this. And then all of a sudden, our minds make a list of all the things that it means to, to check the boxes so I can be that person. Right. And really, even if you just have a moment, I mean, I, so my membership, I actually am renaming it because I'm reopening the doors. I am renaming it. But the initial concept was a line in five, because I wanted to show people that all it takes is five minutes. Mm. In five minutes, you can realign, you can reconnect, and you can go. You don't have to, like, get your crystals and light your sage and, like, <laughs> cleanse yourself and do this whole ritual, which you can. Right. Look, I'm all for it. But for the everyday person, like, it actually doesn't have to be this whole thing. You know, you can do it on the way to work. Um, You know, I have a mom who's in my membership, and she said... She's like, it changed the way, or it's changing the way I'm making decisions. She mm. said that, like, where she would normally overthink the smallest of decisions. Think about how much time you spend thinking about small decisions. Right. I'm, you know, I do this, too. And she said, and what I realized is I listened instead of thought about the decision. And now those decisions are being made so much quicker, which has created more space for her to be present because when you're trying to make a decision you're not present you're not present with your kids you're not present with your family you're not present with your pets you're not present with yourself and so just that little shift of like she's just feeling into it in everyday moments and she's like and now I I finally in she's in on like month six she's like I get it now I see how I can use this to make really big life decisions yeah. But you have to start with those small ones and it can be, you know, in everyday life. Do I turn right? Do I turn left? Like, what do yes. I feel? Well, you know, st statistically, if you turn right, you're more likely to turn faster because the left, you're going to have to get a green arrow and then you might, well, usually you go right. So I always go this way. So may, and we ignore the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, totally. But I will, I will say though, that um, you make it sound really easy, but it, there is a piece for our, our more, uh, let's say, early beginners, our early learners, that it takes practice in self-trust too, because you might know that thing, right? You might know that you gotta turn left, but the mind's gonna overthink it as a protective mechanism. Cause it's like, well, did we go through all of the options before we made this decision? You can't make a decision that fast. Like, who are you? You know, that's like reckless. You know, the, the mind's like, say, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and the funny thing is, my favorite people to work with, like, my my people are actually the thinkers. Mm -hmm. I'm not even, like, 
for the most part with my membership, for example, and like with this challenge that I'm doing, it's less about the people who are already like super intuitive. I'm like, you know what? You do you. You've got your own path. Like you may be called to this. You may not, but you know. But the people who are the thinkers, those are the ones who I'm really inspired to work with because they get the most exhilarating sense of peace when they first experience this. And it's like, you know, you'll experience it for a moment. You'll be like, whoa, that was so cool. And then you want more. So again, this is what I say. It's like, yeah, it's simple, but it's not easy because we are going against the force of the mind and we are going against basically your deconditioning. Take however old you are minus, you know, yeah, except minus like six years. You've had that many years of experience in training in the mind and not to trust within Right. But imagine what would be possible if you could actually trust your decisions, if you didn't have to crowdsource every decision you made, yeah. right? If you didn't have to, you know, re redecide things every single day, yeah. but instead you just knew like you were so sensitive that you could kind of sense into it and that you've done it so many times with small decisions that you're starting to understand what it means for you to live that life based on what is right for you. Yeah. yeah. Not as what is expected of you, not what others want for you, not of what you should do or shouldn't do or could do or would do, but what's right, right in the moment right then. Yeah. And that's kind of the freedom that you that you get to tap into with practice, which is why, yeah. right, you know, you have a membership. That's why I chose the mem- ha- to have a membership over a course because we just have to do this. You yeah, just have to show up and do the small things every day. Yeah. Those are where you're going to see the big changes. Yeah, yeah. And I I love the crowdsourcing because it just made me think of like how many times I would call like five different friends on making a decision, right? Well, this is what's going on. What do you think I should do? Because I was thinking about this, but I don't know about that. And then it ends up being like this whole like whole day affair, you know, especially if your friends aren't friends together in the same group and you're like, polling everybody like you almost want to just send out this email poll like what do I do option a or option b (laughs) so I think um I think that's that uh, that just cracks me up but it is it is um a time saver you know on top of everything else to listen to 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 listen to the the inner knowing um but also that sense of space you know you talking about your your client your member that mom and I think about like I'm a mom and I have like we all have to make like so many little decisions like that you know split second decisions you hem and haw the kids will see weakness and then they'll take you down no I'm just kidding <laughs> they're like oh look mommy's indecisive take her down um but it's but it is about you know once you you're able to tap into that inner knowing and to and to trust that to have that self-trust there is like brain space, like suddenly, not only like body space, like you just feel like almost as if time kind of slows down. And it is so good. It's so good. And I just wish more people would understand that. (laughs) Dana, you just need to get all these people in your membership. (laughs) I know. Come on in. No, it's true. And that's my desire too. It's like, the more people who do this work with me, because I do, you know, I do one-on-one clients as well. The more people who do the work, the more they're seeing and like sharing with me how amazing they're experiencing this. Like the more of my members, like the more time you spend in the membership, of course, the more you're reminded to practice and do this work. 
it's like, I'm like, I can't make this up. I know this has been my experience, but to really hear people say the words, like, I never thought I would experience the level of peace that I've experienced since going inward. I'm like, oh, God, that's so cool. Like, that's, is that not what we all want? And, you know, this girl, one of my girls that I worked with, she's like, such an active mind. And she Mm -hmm. said, and now I'll be like on my run and I'll ask inner voice, like, should I stop? No. Should I keep going? Yes. And you just kind of check in. It's like everyday life, just like you think all day to yourself, then you can start asking those same thought questions to the mind or from the mind. You can ask those inner voice, you throw them down to the inner voice and you get a different answer. And so like, it's just every day, every moment life. That's where I always say, um, you know, everything matters and nothing matters. And you are what you repetitively think and do yeah so whereas it doesn't matter if you eat I mean I actually eat super intuitively so I'm like if my inner voice tells me to eat grilled cheese sandwiches and a cookie every day for two weeks which it has I just do it like I you know I have a nutrition certification been down that path but like no longer does that matter to me but for example let's use a really simple one is if you eat a cookie and ice cream every single day forever you'll probably notice the effects. Yeah. But if you eat it once, it doesn't matter. But if you eat it a few times, it's like it it builds on itself. So our small things, like when you wake up every morning and you think, oh, I'm so behind. Versus if you wake up every morning, you think, God, I'm, you know, I'm just grateful for this day. The little things matter. So when you start taking those little things and being like taking it from the mind down to the inner voice, taking it from the mind, down to the inner voice, and you keep volleying that back to yourself, that little change is going to create a new thought pattern. And the thought pattern is going to be, I think I should go inward for the answer versus trying to overthink the answer. Ah, So that's where you'll build on your own, on yourself. You build on yourself. You trust in yourself. You bet on yourself. Yeah. And I love, I love that, um, that image of like, you know, tossing it down to inner voice. It's like, here's the mind. I'm going to volley down to you. All right. Yeah, yeah let's like go. Pong ball. Knock it back. Yeah. Here comes the thoughts. Knock them down. Yeah. Bring them down to the inner voice. And, and, and I love it because what what I love your invitation to do it even for the little things, like any opportunity there is. Because if you think about how often we're in our minds and how often we're like, blah, 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 like this chatter, this monkey mind all the time. And I mean, for myself, it's, it's like the intuition or even, you know, one version of the inner voice or inner voice, I tend to not go there unless it's like an important decision, quote unquote, you know, like, okay, I'm making a big decision. Let's meditate and check in with the inner voice, you know, and really it, it can be so good for even the small decisions like what do I want to wear today oh I feel like wearing red today do you really want to wear red today like that's not your color you know like so I'm already noticing how even the small moments of decisions are really great ways to practice um just being in relationship with your inner voice because we're not always thinking about that I mean even someone like me who meditates and knows about those kinds of things I'm not daily engaged with my inner voice um and I think I'd probably get a lot more space if I did yeah and think about how much pressure you put on that if we only use it for the big decisions right 
Right, right, exactly. It's like, come on, inner voice, give me the answer. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it's putting all that pressure versus just like, oh, yeah, when you practice it, you start to understand that it's it's always there. It's always yeah. speaking to you. It's always, it's always going to be there, right? Even if you go on a mind bender. <laughs> right, right. It's still there. It's always like there. I, never mind. I was going to ask, you know, is your inner voice part of your essence? But I'm like, no, we just had the analogy of like mind and inner voice together and you as essence looking yeah. over. Yeah. And it is you. I mean, if when I ask the inner voices, like, are you, you know, are you part of us? And they say, yeah. Yeah. But it's the part of you that's also, you know, the mind is part of you as well. Right. But right. the inner voice is the part of you that's connected to something bigger, you know, to a, a yeah. greater source of, of, of knowing that we don't know. <laughs> right, right. That we can't scientifically prove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Dana, this was so amazing. I loved everything that you said. Um, I am like, oh my God, maybe I want to sign up for your membership. <laughs> but I feel that um, this was so helpful as far as like the beginning like an introduction to the work that you're doing um because I, I feel like a lot of people could use your guidance on on this on on slowing down the mind and and putting so much like diminishing so much emphasis on the mind um and to to really slow down and and connect with that inner knowing because i i mean i trust my inner knowing it's just i don't have that practice of daily checking in and every little thing. And I feel that the world would feel so much more relaxed if we could, I mean, among other things, but if we could just remember to, to connect with the inner voice. So thank you for sharing your time with me on, um, on my podcast and talking about your work. And it's so, oh, I don't know. I can't, I, I like want to keep gushing about it. And I haven't even like formally worked with you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate it. And now to close our episode, do you have a poem you would like to share with our listeners? I do. And I, if you don't mind, I would love to share too, just um, that I am, because I, I realized I talked about this, but I didn't, tell you what this means that there's five types of inner voices oh yes yes I thought that, you were maybe hiding that for your challenge for later well yeah so it's in the challenge um which is July 27th so okay. if anyone wants to join it's just alignful.com forward slash challenge and we'll put and, that in show notes okay and the intention just you know because this goes along with our entire conversation I'd, I'd be remiss not to share is the intention is to tune down the noise and tune up your intuition. Mm. And you can do that through discovering which of the five types you are. So over the five, um, over the challenge, which is actually four days, five types, four days, you'll really learn how to kind of slow down, turn down the noise of the mind and the outer world, all the expectations and really turn up the volume of your own inner voice. So Ooh. yeah, that's happening July 27th. And even if you join afterward, you know, it's okay if you join on Wednesday, the 30th or whatever, you'll get access to all of the days so that you can really tap into that. And I think it'll make a big difference. Um, it's, it's really powerful to have those tools in your toolbox. 
Yeah, and especially if you just want to know what your type is out of the five or what yeah, the five are. Exactly, because that alone will start to shift that awareness that you have. So I just wanted to make sure that they have access to that because I yeah. kind of like, I kind of, um, yeah, hooked you with that. And I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't actually share how they can actually discover that. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, she's not going to talk about it, but I'll send them to the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so join the challenge and you'll get to find all of it. It's very fun. It's it will be a fun uh, four days for sure. Right. Ooh, so exciting. So right. the poem I chose, I I'm not sure that I will read all of it because it's long. I'm you may have heard of it, The Invitation, by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. Oh, you know what? I might. It sounds familiar, but I think it's one of those poems when I start uh, to hear it's it. A little long remember it but you decide what you yeah. like to do okay so I'll just I'll start toward the end because the end is one of my favorite parts so okay. we'll just start here so it's the invitation by Oriah Mountain Dreamer and I'll send you a link to Leslie and so you can put the whole poem in there yeah thank you um so it doesn't interest me if the story you're telling me is true I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. If you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it is not pretty every day. And if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand at the edge of the lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes. It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair, weary and bruised, to the bone and do what needs to be done to feed the children. It doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. That's all. Oh, so good. I love that. I know. I get chills when I read it. And it's and it totally speaks to our conversation today. Um, and it's I love it. I love it because it's such a good reminder to be like, you know what, all the material like accolades and like markers of accomplishment and all those things don't really matter when it comes down to it. You know, like if someone's if someone's in need of of what you're offering, I don't think someone's gonna be like, all right, Dana, I need to see your certifications like right now before I before I decide whether or not I'm going to work with you. It's like, if you got a feeling, you know, just go with it. You know, you got knowledge to share, share it. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that poem. It's beautiful. You're, you're welcome. Yeah, it's a beautiful, and it is a, it is a bit longer than I read, but it's, it, yeah, it's just, it really is about like, what's behind the facade of the person? What's, mm. what's deeper than the ego? Who are you that isn't the, you know, the you that you're so identified with is, you know, I like pizza, I like to go on walks, those are the surface level, but who are you deep within? And yeah. again, that's what you discover by going within, by tapping into your inner voice, 
by feeling and sensing instead of thinking and yeah. by bringing, you know, bringing the two together to really create that wholeness and step out as who you are and who you need to be, who you need to become so that you can serve in the way that you're meant to serve in this world. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. All right, Miss Dana. Well, I appreciate you for coming onto the show. And to my listeners, we'll close the episode with our usual, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Namaste. Namaste. Are you feeling overwhelmed or extra sensitive? Looking for a little relief to relax your grip? Follow me on Instagram where I offer guidance every Friday with Fabulous Fire Fridays. Using oracle cards and writing prompts that invite you to explore more deeply the ways in which you experience the world. Wouldn't you like a better understanding of the source of your thought patterns and how to revise them into stories that lift you up? Check out my posts every Friday and join in on the conversation. You can follow me at Surya Gyan Yogi to get all the goodness. That's S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I. Or go to my website, suryagyan.com. Live your best life now.